1: You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Got your Money Wise guys back inside the Money Wise studio with me for this weekend show. I have my brother, Jeff, Joe Rust, and I am your host, Kyle Davidson. For any new listeners to the MoneyWise Wise program, Davidson Capital Management is a fee-only registered investment advisor. We're in our 32nd-year business, and with offices in San Antonio and Corpus Christi, we have your investment management needs covered throughout Central and South Texas, I mean, if you'd like to learn more about us, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise.com at DavidsonCap.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Money Wise podcast through Apple Podcast, where you can leave your comments, and don't forget to like the show. So as we kick off every weekend's Money Wise program, I turn it over to my brother, Jeff, to go into the numbers from Wall Street from last week. So, Jeff, take it away.
0: Okay, In the week just passed. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 508 points, or 1.4%. The S&P 500 last week was up about 92 points, or 2%. And the NASDAQ last week was up about 473 points, or 3.1%. Now, for the year-to-date, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 18.7%. The S&P 500 year-to-date is up 25.1%. And the NASDAQ year-to-date is up 23.9%.
1: So I think it goes without saying that we are having quite a fourth-quarter rally.
0: Yeah, the fourth quarter, the Dow is up. 7.3% just for five trading weeks. The S&P 500 is up 9.1% in five trading weeks. And the NASDAQ is up 10.5% in five trading weeks.
2: The horses have been let out of the barn. Well, if you're getting ready to go buy a turkey for Thanksgiving... At least you had a good quarter so far because, you know, <laughs> I'm sure the price of turkeys went up about 10%, which is what the NASDAQ went up. So so, if you could, thank if you, if you, NASDAQ. Could tur- if you could find the turkey.
0: Yeah. So, so the real question is why? And, and I think the reasons why are started not in the week just past but the previous week. And that the previous week is when we had all the big big cap tech earnings, which were by and large okay. There were some earnings news this week. We had some stocks with some big gains. We had a few stocks that laid a couple eggs. But the big news of the week is the Fed didn't leave, didn't lay an egg. The Fed delivered exactly what the market was looking for. Now, if I recall last week, the consensus the the, the vote was, Kyle, you thought the taper would last through the end of 2022. I thought it would last until summertime. And I don't remember what you said, Joe. You're probably somewhere in between.
2: <laughs> Jeez, I, I said third quarter of next year. Of third course. quarter. That's and so a the winner.
0: And so the winner was me. I'll pat myself on the back.
2: But,
1: but whoa, 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 oh, whoa, I, whoa, whoa. Before no, no. you start taking your victory lap. Hold on. Hold on. I was on. right, though. <laughs> no, at, at their current pace. That's yes. Right. You're are right. right. Okay. So before, I won't give you that. You take your victory lap with your beauty queen, you know, wave <laughs> holding your bouquet of flowers. Let's, so, so the Fed announced on Wednesday that the tapering is beginning this month. They're going to be dialing back $10 billion a month in government bond purchases and $5 billion a month in mortgage-backed securities for a total of $15 billion from a beginning starting point of $120 billion. So, yes, Jeff, if they followed $15 billion a month, on track, then you were correct. They will end in the summertime around June. Be
0: June. It'll be June.
1: It will be June when months. they finish. Right. But they said it's gonna be data dependent. So if we start Well I did
0: say that too. So I I will take a little bit of victory lap on that it, also.
1: Okay. So 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 it still remains to be seen when exactly they're gonna end as they're still paying very close attention to full employment. They're still I don't want to say sweeping under the rug but the inflationary issues that we're running into. And I, I don't remember hearing much of the use of the word transitory. Did they take that a little bit more out of the language?
0: They changed it to something else. I'll have to find that precise. New, it, was actually, new adjective. it was actually in the uh, the Fed notes from two weeks ago that, that they changed the word transitory to something else. Uh, I, I don't believe that they will deviate. From that schedule, unless there is a big change in really inflation, because also on Friday, another, I think, propellant for this rocket ship in the fourth quarter was Pfizer coming out and saying that they have a pill now for covid and similar,
1: people, similar to Merck's, but right. their effective rate through second-phase trials was 89% yeah. effectiveness. The efficacy was, was much better. Was, yeah, much better. Personally, I think Merck's pill is just a spin off of ivermectin, well, but, but that's not to say that, that Merck's pill doesn't – they don't improve upon it. But, but regardless, this is a game-changer, and they, again, focused a little bit of time in the media on it because this is a game-changer. And the big question that I had, and Joe and I, you and I discussed this Friday in the office, is if this pill is as effective as they say it is in the second phase trials, and they're applying for emergency approval. Merck's pill was approved to be used in Europe already. Pfizer just applied for emergency use. So we'll see how fast it gets to market. But the big question is, will this get the Biden administration to drop the vaccine mandates, which are take effect for any company that has more than 100 employees, their employees have to be vaccinated by January the 4th.
0: Which was extended facing, this week, I believe.
1: Well, I think it was extended to January 4th. But if you don't comply, you could be looking at 14, I think it's 14 or $17,000 know. per person as part of a fine. Right. Well, if this pill is effective as it, it says it is, there, whoever's going to take the vaccine, I think, is taking the vaccine and there's going to be people that don't take it for medical, religious reasons, or they just don't trust it. This pill is really the game changer to get this entire world back on its feet and back to some normality and changing things from a pandemic to more of an endemic situation where we're just going to have to be living with COVID like we do the common cold of the flu if we have this pill. Because I will tell you this, if they stick hard, if the Biden administration sticks hard to this vaccine mandate that we could, I think we're going to see employment numbers that come out the first Friday of February looking a lot different than we did this past Friday. Because there's going to be people that are not going to be taking the vaccine come heck or high water, and they're just going to walk away from their job. Yeah,
2: I
0: I don't think that's going to happen.
1: You think they're going to drop the mandate? Yes. Well, we'll see. I mean, the the Biden administration flip-flops as much as, as, uh, well, they've as, already uh, extended Clinton, hey, As Hillary they've already, did the ex- campaign in 2016. Haven't
0: they already extended the I knew deadline? that was coming. Haven't they? Are, okay, oh, we're coming off the break. I'll prick this yeah. up on this side.
1: Yeah, so let's pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at DavidsonCap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your MoneyWise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to MoneyWise at DavidsonCap.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the MoneyWise podcast through Apple Podcast, where you can leave your comments. And don't forget to like the show. So, if you're just tuning in this weekend's MoneyWise program, just recapping the happenings on Wall Street from last week. And before we got the commercial break, kind of cut us off where we were talking about the big announcement this past week of Pfizer's COVID pill, which I think is a similar pill pack like a Z pack. They showed in second phase uh, clinical trials, I think they had almost 3,000 participants that had an 89% effective rate, keeping people out of the hospital and, of course, staving off death from COVID. Now, Merck had a pill that came out some weeks back. Both have not received a whole lot of news. Now, the Pfizer pill obviously got a lot of news on Friday, but we'll see how long the media is going to carry this information because- This development can really fly in the face of the COVID mandates for vaccines that the Biden administration has in place with OSHA that have to be fully done by January 4th to get that done. Or companies with more than 100 employees could be facing very, very large fines per employee that does not comply. And so that's what we were talking about.
0: Okay, so – and I – I believe there was a deadline that was sooner than that before they extended it out to January. I may be confusing that with something else, but I I thought the original deadline was closer in and now they've moved it out to January. So if we're, if companies are having trouble hiring people, how is it that they're going to be able to go out and then start laying off people in mass because they either don't want to take the pill that hasn't been released for everyone to take yet, or get the get the vaccine. How is that going to help supply chain issues or any of the other issues facing corporations as being able to find people? How how, how is that going to help? The answer to me, it, it's it's not going to help. Yes, Jeff.
2: Well, no, I, I agree with Jeff. I think before the break, Jeff was talking about he thinks they're going to drop the mandate. Well, not everybody has their turkey for Thanksgiving because there's a supply chain crisis, and what we're looking at right now, that's probably going to change a lot of people's minds as far as enforcing some kind of mandate.
0: I, mean, how about I, just, what I don't see the, him doing
2: it. How about, how about what, what happened the in the Virginia?
0: Democrats. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What you're thinking just like I college. What,
2: what, what, what about
1: what about the New Jersey's governor race where the Democrat, uh, law, you know, won by twenty thousand votes? I heard. Now I don't know all the particulars, but I believe a truck driver in yes. Long Island. Won a Senate seat.
0: Won a Senate seat. I believe it was spent, also New Jersey for $5,000. I believe no, that's I, the number I heard.
1: I heard he spent $150. Yeah, he, bucks it
0: was $150. Bucks. Bucks. He later came out, and I think he said 5000 5, okay. versus a million dollars spent by his opponent and beat him.
1: This is the shot across the bow right. to the left, and, and really the progressive left, of the shenanigans and the woke stuff needs to stop. This, this is not going to fly. Just like the vote to defund or get, dismantle the police in Minneapolis, Minnesota, went down miserably in flames. Same thing happened in Seattle. We need policing. Citizens need
2: protection. Yes.
0: So what's, what's happening it. is the, the far left agenda that the markets might have been fearful of at the beginning of the year has shifted quite a bit in these last few months. And the elections that just were held here in the last few days okay, has shifted it even further. And, and so, though it's it's surprising to see the market up ten and a half percent, you know the Nasdaq up ten and a half percent in five trading weeks. Well, there's the there's some of the reasons why. Some these these fears. We were fearful. I was fearful. I know you were saying. No, I wasn't. You're gonna say, Kyle, I wasn't Fearful, but you. But Jeff was Jeff was fearful of some bad big tech earnings two weeks ago. That didn't happen. Uh, I, you know, there was some concern about the Federal Reserve tapering faster than than the markets thought. That didn't happen. The Fed delivered exactly what the markets wanted. When the Fed when the market gets exactly what it what it wants, that fear is removed for a period of time. It may come back. So now we have next week's news. Next week's news is the next measure of inflation. We got consumer prices. We got producer prices happening on Tuesday and Wednesday being announced. So to me, this, these are kind of the last hurdles for, you know, at least several more weeks until we get into December because we, we we got the unemployment number on Friday and it was better than expected.
1: 531,000 and, and the jobs.
0: markets the markets weren't concerned that the federal reserve was going to accelerate their tapering or any you know anything along those lines so that was that was received favorably by the markets. And so if we get if we get as expected inflation numbers this week this next week um uh, what's the impediment to the market in a seasonal Seasonally strong period, you know from from a from a counter point of view, November and December are strong months for the market, and we are definitely starting off strong. Now, are we going to just put it all together here in the first two months, and December is going to be kind of kind of a yawner? I don't know. Um, I mean, I, the year could end right now and it be a fabulous year, right? A uh, fabulous year. But we still have seven seven more trading weeks to go?
1: Well, I think I think a big, I, I think maybe some more news that we don't think about is let's see how Black Friday and Cyber Monday well, yeah. go after, after Thanksgiving, because I do know the markets do pay attention to that. And we all are aware of the supply chain issue. In fact, a client of ours in San Antonio sent a fantastic article to me on Friday that I read that was written by a union truck driver talking about, the supply chain bottlenecks and the issues going on in the port. And it's not just one component that's the problem to our supply chain bottleneck. It's a multitude of different components that this truck driver did not feel were going to be solved anytime soon. And as I said to Joe, and I might have said this during the commercial break, the, the, the warehouse owners, the port owners, the ship the shipping company owners, they're kind of having their bezos moment and what i mean is during the pandemic where is the stay-at-home economy and all the companies involved with the stay-at-home just made gobs and gobs and gobs of money well this supply chain bottleneck issue is now giving these owners of these types of companies the ability to make gobs of money by not adding more staff not paying higher wages they're already short-staffed before the pandemic even started and so there's such a huge backlog of shipping and storage and unloading of, of merchandise that they're, they're as happy as a pig in slop, and it's going to take a lot of time for it to unwind. And even with 531,000 jobs in this latest jobs report, we still have a, 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 a participation rate at a 50-year low at 61.6%. So I know – the Biden administration came out on Friday. They're patting themselves on the back, trying to make it sound like the policies that they put into place have created this, this, this job numbers and they're completely out of their gourd because they haven't. If, if things were really progressing in the right direction from an employment standpoint, we wouldn't see an, employee, uh, an employment participation rate at a 50-year low. And we still have people quitting looking for better jobs and higher paying jobs. So I had a long conversation with a prospective client on Friday who I've been talking to for a couple of weeks. And I think and we've talked about it on this show, I think there's going to be some areas of inflation they're going to be here to stay for quite a long period of time. And that's primarily in the wage inflation, which can cause longer, more persistent inflation moving forward.
0: Well remember the irony is is that the Fed is they've been wanting to get wage inflation up wage growth up.
1: They've got it.
0: They're getting it. And we're finally getting it. The market doesn't seem, at least not the first five weeks of this quarter, doesn't really seem to be too concerned about wage inflation. I wonder how, if these numbers come in hot next week in terms of the, the, the producer price or the consumer price index, if the market's going to start to get worried again about inflation changing uh, the Fed, the Federal Reserve's mind. But I think, like I said previously, I think it's going to have to be a really big number to really get the Fed's attention. Joe, you want to say something? Well, I
2: mean, we're talking about hurdles and what hurdles do you have to overcome at the end of the year? Yeah. To have, I mean, obviously, we're going to have a pretty fantastic year We're I'm starting to get clients asking about what do we think is going to happen going into next year? And I think that's where some of the focus is going to have to start. Well, but, that's a very, very good question. What do you do and, and with your portfolio going
0: forward? And we have been talking about this amongst ourselves, uh, really since yeah. the beginning of the quarter. I mean, most portfolio strategies. managers that that are that are that that actually manage money, like Davidson Capital Management, we're working on 2022 strategies now and have been for the last month.
1: and have been testing and back testing and testing and research and analysis. I mean. Joe Joe particularly sees me at my office. You know, he I do have a ball and chain around my ankle, so I don't leave the office once I come in. Um, and that's one thing that I've been focusing a lot of this week is testing a lot of different portfolio strategies and theories from our conversations as our portfolio team strategizes multiple times each and every week. Well, let's take our next commercial break. You're listening to Moneywise with Davidson, Capital Management. We'll be back after this. you like to send us an email? You can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Moneywise podcast through Apple Podcasts, where you can leave your comments and don't forget to like the show. So, if you're just tuning in this weekend's Moneywise program, continuing to recap Wall Street from last week, um, you know, talking about the supply chain bottlenecks, and Jeff, you'd made the comment about, obviously, if if, if Friday was the end of the year. It would have been a fantastic year for the Dow, for the S&P, for the NASDAQ. But we've had such an amazing run just the last five weeks in the fourth quarter. We've got the big inflation numbers <clears throat> announcements that are coming up next week. And then past that, other than maybe Black Friday and Cyber Monday's uh, retail reports, we, you know basically we have an open road to get to the end of the year. And you were just kind of making a comment before we went to the bottom of the hour break of the continued driving force behind the market. Well, I can tell you one thing. When the 10-year Treasury closed at Friday on Friday at 1.45 percent, I mean, get it while it's hot. I mean, We've had
0: two, two consecutive weeks of uh, interest for the rate's week that, the, 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 as measured by the 10-year Treasury yield, uh, the yields have been coming down two straight weeks. Even you know, even in a week, and we just where we're the Federal Reserve announced, "Hey, we're going to start start the taper," and interest rates have trended trended lower. Uh, T-I-N-A. T-n-a. We
2: all we all knew that, yeah. We yeah. knew that was coming. We knew that was coming. doesn't but mean
0: that to... doesn't mean that it can't trend up the remaining you know, seven trading uh, weeks of the year. But this at is... this point, and I have to go look and see exactly what our predictions were. I'm not sure that any of our predictions. Uh, oh to no. the ten year treasury yield are going to come true. We've already blown past all of our predictions for the market. The market. We were all too conservative.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well and, and I and I wanted to go back to Joe's, you know, comment before we went to the bottom of our break. Clients asked, you know, what are we looking for into twenty twenty two? And again, had a lengthy conversation on Friday with a prospective client who kind of is again asking about from the prognostication standpoint. Now between January and midterms in November I mean things can definitely be very choppy. I, I can tell you in our individual stock portfolio all the stocks that we have been adding to the portfolio in the second half of this year are designed to perform better in higher inflation and in a higher interest rate environment period. All the stocks that we have that we have brought into the individual stock portfolios in the second half of this year in preparation for 2022 before we went to the bottom of the hour break, talking about the research and analysis from all the lengthy conversations we have had as a portfolio team of looking forward into 2022 to be looking to make adjustments in the portfolio after we come back from the new year. Because I think things are definitely going to be more choppy until we get to the midterms. And at midterms, if the GOP can take control of the House, possibly take back control of the Senate, then really the Biden administration is going to be lame duck until we get to 2024. And what happened this past week with the Virginia governor's race, what happened in New Jersey, even though the GOP lost, they barely lost in a state that won by double digit points in the presidential election for Biden versus Trump. It sent that message, I think loud and clear to the very far left that this woke agenda is not going to fly. And so I think now as They're still debating the build back worse um, bill in the House that's still coupled with the infrastructure bill that I think even some more moderate Democrats are going to be coming out of the woodwork to say, "Eh, I'd like to hold on to my phony baloney job so I can't vote for this anymore. And if Nancy Pelosi loses three on the left, I mean, it's it's D.O.A. DOA, forget about the Senate and, and, and Joe Manchin or Kristen Cinema.
0: Yeah, I don't – I think I would said this before we started recording today's show. I, even whatever it is that they pass is so much smaller than what originally they were proposing that I think the markets just don't really – the markets don't really seem to care if they pass a $1.5 trillion pack, package or less than $1.5 trillion or no package at all. Because it's not going to be the $3 trillion package. Well,
1: that that we know they, for that's sure. That's what the media is reporting, but we know well, that 1.5, no, is, no, no, is. No, 1.5 not, is probably you know, I'm not, double. That. I'm
0: talking about from the market's perspective. Yes. The market doesn't seem to care about what's happening in Washington. I think, the market, I think the market would have cared more if the package was much larger or was attacking the billionaires or attacking the millionaires or included huge tax increases. Or, or even bigger yeah. tax increases on corporate America. None of that's happening. I agree. But, so it's, with all that off the table, the markets, I don't just don't think they really care what the final result is in Washington. Yeah, Jim.
2: Well, I, I'm going to roll back the clock a little bit, and I remember when this this current administration uh, took over, but I want to give Kyle some props on his comment about Manchin. Now, Manchin actually is really going to control a lot of the policy going forward. He has – the keys to the gate, so to speak. And so he's when, the King, he's
1: the president. So he's he actually, act, so
2: I want to give him credit for bringing something up. Because remember the affordable care act. Let's pass this and see what happens let's see later, what's in it. later. Yeah. See let's what's see in what's what's later. In it. Well, Mitchin brought up, and I can't remember the exact quote or sentence he said, he said, look, we have no idea economically what this is going to do. Mm-hmm. And we need to really digest this first. I am glad that there's that pause before we dive right into something. And I'm not saying we. Some, I'm some, saying... some
1: calmer and cooler heads. And the fact of the matter is that the House is even thinking about voting on something before the Congressional Budget Office has a chance to score this. Now, if it gets through the House, the Build Back Worse program gets through the House and makes it back over to the Senate, by law, the Senate has to get the score from the CBO. So that is at least a good thing Well, we'll get a truer picture of what it's actually going to cost. But I'm sorry, they added a 1,000, I believe, extra pages to the Build Back Worst program just in the last few days. But then Nancy Pelosi gives the the Congress people 48 hours to read, almost 2,200 pages. Yeah, just vote on it. We'll see what's in it later. I'm sorry, Nance. You got a a few more months to be in your position, and then thank God you are finally retiring, so I don't have to look at your face anymore. I'm sorry. I'm just so tired of it. Um, the, the bottom line is, is that gridlock in Washington is good for wall street. And I agree with you, Jeff, I think the package being smaller, the infighting that's taking place amongst themselves on the left. And the Republicans are like, Hey, it's kind of like the big brother that's stepping back and watching the two little brothers just fight it out in the front yard. Just like, Hey, I'm going to stand back and watch this. This It's kind of like,
0: it's kind of like a weekly radio show with us.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, (laughs) let them continue to infight and we'll see what the final package looks like. But you're right. There's they've definitely dialed back some of the maybe crazier ideas in their package, but it's being received by Wall Street very well. But for us, like we were talking about as money managers, we have to look further down the road into 2022. To look at kind of how, how we are positioned from an asset allocation standpoint, from an asset class standpoint, what components make up our portfolios to say, okay, if we're going to continue to see higher inflation and higher interest rates for the foreseeable future, where can we look to f- try to find value in the portfolio? And I know, Jeff, one of your big concerns with the higher price earning multiple tech names, making sure we're not too over allocated these higher beta, higher price earning multiple tech stocks, because higher interest rates can affect these stocks negatively in the shorter term, which again will affect your portfolio. And so for all of our listeners that might have this over allocation and these higher price earning multiple stocks, they're doing great right now, but you need to be thinking further down the road after we get past Christmas and into the new year.
0: I think what happens in and we've seen, we're seeing these examples now and I, I, we're probably speaking to folks listening to our show that may have portfolios just like this. There's a, there's a lot of folks that have had really stellar results in these big cap tech names inside their portfolio. And though we at Davidson Capital Management have been systematically taking profits periodically in these names over the last few years. To keep the relative asset allocation in, in these stocks equal, as close as possible to the other stocks in the portfolio, a lot of you know mom you know, po- folks making decisions on their own aren't necessarily doing this in their portfolio, and it can come back to bite you when these stocks turn, and they always do turn. I mean that's just the nature of capitalism. But the other thing that we're seeing. Is we're seeing the concentration in these big cap names and some in some mutual funds. I'm not sure if I stole some thunder there from you, Joe, but also you got to check your mutual funds that you're invested in because we're seeing a trend, especially in the large cap stock, growth, growth, large cap large cap growth. Thank you, Kyle. That there is a concentration in these big cap tech names. Because they're not being the, the money managers, these, these mutual fund managers are not going in there and systematically selling these stocks in their portfolio and allowing the size of the positions to grow to five or five or ten percent of the entire portfolio's value, and that gives me reason for pause when the when things start to turn. I don't know when it's going to turn. None of us know. But we do know that at some point in the future, it does turn.
1: Well, yeah. yeah. And, and, and when we, again, going through the research, we've also been finding not the large cap growth fund that we currently own, but I've seen them in other funds where they're not as actively managed as you think when you actually look at the turnover percentage in the portfolio. But let's take another commercial break. You're listening to MoneyWise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after this. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send out emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the MoneyWise podcast through Apple Podcasts, where you can leave your comments and don't forget to like the show. So, we're in our last segment, of the first hour of this weekend's MoneyWise program. So, again, Joe, going back to the questions you've been receiving from some, from some clients about looking ahead and just the advice that we can give to all of our listeners to make sure as we've always said know what you own look at your allocation if you own mutual funds go and look at your mutual funds look at the top 10 holdings i know the information is dated but the the research that we have been doing in the mutual fund space here here recently just noticing very limited turnover in these big names and, and you can look like through Morningstar, you can look at portfolio turnover, meaning how often is it being really actively managed and like, unlike what, what, you know, one thing that we're doing and as we've always done is you never go broke taking a profit and so we're constantly looking through our portfolios to see where we can dial back our position scrape profit off the table. Because right now on the individual stock portfolios, we try to stay as equally weighted as possible across all of our names to equally spread out that risk and mitigate it. And once a position gets a little bit ahead of the allocation, if we feel it's time to scrape a little profit off of it, we will. We won't get rid of the position. We will just dial it back and take that profit off the table. And it's never a bad strategy. But you have to know what you own and you have to pay attention to your portfolio. And if this is something that you're not doing or you don't feel like you're working with somebody that is, then maybe it's time to make a change. Maybe it's time to get a portfolio review and analysis to understand what it is you totally own, how it's allocated, if it's being actively managed, and if all these securities are working together in a cohesive strategy. And that's what we utilize the, the portfolio reviews for.
0: I think so, the, the one thing that, and this research that we've been doing getting prepared for 2022 the large cap growth space is, and these managers are in a difficult spot uh, because they, they, by and large, they are over-allocated to the top five big tech names: Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Facebook. Now, now Meta, it's called now meta. now Meta something that well, I don't just remember. Meta. <laughs> so that the ticker is still there. Is the this? Many of these funds, you know, they're they're starting to announce their pre-announce their capital gains distributions for 2021, and we already know that our particular uh, large cap growth stock mutual fund is going to have a pretty substantial uh, capital gains distribution in December. This is without. You know they still have big allocations to those top five names as a percentage of the total value of the mutual fund, and they're not alone. The Stryker fund is not alone, and, and so I'm the one thing that I'm kind of curious about. It, it, it this this question in my mind was prompted by a comment made by one of our prospective clients who happened to be interviewing other advisors in addition to Davidson Capital Management. And he got there was a quote from this other advisor, and you and I I don't mean to steal your thunder here, because I know it was was someone that you'd spoke with, Kyle. And what did that what did that advisor? Yeah, what did that advisor say?
1: Yeah, I spoke to this prospective client on Friday, and he was interviewing other advisors, and the advisor said, "I manage clients' assets for tax efficiency."
0: So let's just stop right there for a moment. So the overriding. Idea of this particular money manager is I manage the portfolio for tax efficiency. Well, what about maximizing, what about maximizing profit in times growth. when the markets are good, maximizing growth? And then when times are not so good, uh, minimizing losses.
1: And when I made that comment to the prospect, he said to himself, he's like, Kyle, that exact thought crossed my mind as soon as you yeah. said, it, like, what about capital appreciation? But here was something that was even funnier, he said. But then the advisor followed up with saying, I manage for tax efficiency, but I ship the assets out of my office to be managed by somebody yeah. else.
0: Not, not Hey, At least the guy not was surprised. honest. At but, least but, he was honest. Here, I commend but, him but for here's, being honest. Here's my point. I wonder how many of these mutual fund managers in, these large, in the large cap gross stock space are also Keenly aware of, hey, if I sell any of these stocks down, and I already have this huge distribution that I'm already having to make this year, am I tying, you know, my, am I tying my hands up uh, because of the tax efficiency issue? And it's like, well, what, hold on just a second. The 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 overriding to me goal of managing money is maximizing profits. Taxes for clients. are a, for for clients clients. Taxes are a secondary consideration. Yeah. If, and, and I'm not sure that you – know, so these managers are kind of in a tough spot. I wonder you – know, they're, they're having to play this more of a big balance between reducing their allocations of these stocks so late in the year, so close to when they're going to make this, this capital gains distribution. So I wonder what happens in January. What well, happens just, in this yeah. space in, yeah. January, in January, not only with the mutual funds, but I mean, what if there are advisors that have gotten way over allocated in these top five names? Is there gonna be a massive, you know, re- rebalancing that occurs in January that knock knock these stocks down you know quite a bit?
1: Well, here's one other thing, Jeff. Does it put somewhat of a backstop Behind these big tech names, because yes, they can be sold down to a point, but they can't be completely eliminated.
0: Good, no, think about the hedge funds. They just keep, they just keep throwing money into these stocks all the way for the end of the year and run them up and get a big fat distribution from you know the twenty percent profit distribution for their clients from Joe, their twenty seconds.
2: It, tw- 20 I need seconds. 10. In This particular fund that we have, a big part of the distribution were two Chinese stocks that actually. Got rid uh, of so love- they had substantial holdings. And I, it was, it was right, Tencent, uh, and Alabama. Tencent and
1: Alibaba. Tencent and Alibaba. So Obama. they made
2: the right move, and that, therefore they them. have. The, so don't judge somebody because they have a large capital gain. So
1: well, we're coming up at the top of the hour break, so we're going to take the break, go on the news. When we come back, we'll be diving in the second hour of this weekend's Money Wise program and continuing with investor education. But before we go, a couple things. Wanted to wish our parents John and Betty a happy anniversary, which was on Friday. I won't say how many years because it'll it'll age them, but they've been together. Uh,
0: I'm proud of it. Fifty six years.
1: Fifty six. Okay, fifty six years. So love you, mom and dad. But also want to thank everyone who's been listening to the Money Wise program because on my parents' anniversary, which was Friday, was also our official anniversary for Money Wise completing sixteen years of the money wise program heading into our 17th year so we'd like to thank everyone for listening to the show um for the giving us the platform to educate on a, a weekly basis and of course the su- ongoing support from iHeartMedia to allow us to have this platform to speak the truth and pull the curtain back on wall street
0: and one more thing i know you're not going to be on the show next week Kyle, so happy birthday Thank I won't you. tell everyone your age. Well,
1: thank you. And thank happy you.
0: anniversary, Mom and Dad. Love you.
1: Love you guys. All right. Well, with that, we'll go to the top of the hour break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after the news.
0: All opinions expressed by Davidson Capital Management on Money Wise are solely theirs and are based upon information they consider reliable and is subject to change without notice. You should be aware of the risk in investing in any security or investment strategy discussed on the show. Before acting, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and should seek advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. I've got my brother, Jeff. I'm your host, Kyle Davidson. We are diving into the second hour of this weekend's Money Wise program. Now, if you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at DavidsonCap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation, you can reach us in our local Corpus Christi office at 906-0070 or toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. And if you have an investment-related question or topic you'd like for us to discuss here on the MoneyWise program, you can send all your emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com.
0: If you missed the first hour of Money Wise, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Click on the radio show link where you can listen to today's show as well as past Money Wise programs. You can also subscribe to our iTunes feed by clicking on the blue note in the upper right-hand corner of our homepage at davidsoncap.com. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome.
1: And just a little housekeeping. Uh, this weekend's Money Wise program is going to be a half hour shorter, and the Fighting Texas Aggies pregame will be starting at one thirty. This afternoon, so, in this last half hour of this weekend 's money wise program, and as we like to to use the second hour of our program to go into investor education, I wanted to talk about a topic that we 've talked about before in the past jeff I know it 's something we haven 't uh, we haven 't gone into in some time, and the reason why I want to discuss this is because of a new a new client new couple that that have come to us and It just, again, gave me motivation to have this conversation again, and it really pertains to their particular experience, in particular the the husband of the couple and his experience. He works for a major corporation here in the Corpus Christi area. I'm not going to, to, to release the name of the corporation, but it's a very large employer here, and wanted to just talk about and really to educate all of our listeners that are maybe a year away from retiring, maybe 6 months away from retiring, folks that are have been saving in their 401k, maybe even have a traditional pension to go along with their 401k, but I wanted to really discuss their his experience in particular and use that as kind of an educational jump off point for our other listeners that might find themselves in this similar situation. Um, so just want to give a little background on this on this brand new client and kind of his experience. He was a participant in a 401k and, and is a participant in a 401k for this major corporation. And this major corporation's 401k is managed by a very large name brand brokerage firm. Um, just like most of our listeners would be able to identify and recognize these major brokerage firms from the Edward Joneses to the Morgan Stanleys to the Merrill Lynches of the world, this is who is overseeing the 401k. And he had talked to me about in years past, where periodically throughout the year there would be retirement planning seminars, and what these and really what these seminars were about, and what I've really learned, it was really more of yes, it's a retirement planning seminar, but but more or less it's, it's a, a business, sales pitch. It's
0: a business retention tool. That's really what it is. It's a it's a relationship building uh, procedure, if you will. And we have we have dealt with this particular employer and retirees from this particular employer for many 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 years. And this large name brand Wall Street firm has been involved in the four hundred one k at this particular employer the entire time. And we hear these stories, and this particular story is is not is somewhat uh, what we've heard before, and and some parts of it are very new, and. Another another reason why we're bringing this up at this time of the year is that the end of any calendar year is typically a time when there's a lot of folks that choose to retire. And it's in these last few months of the year that these organizations that need to try to keep the 401k business with their organization – have these seminars as a way of, of of retaining the assets should these employees retire and decide to to roll out their 401k into another retirement account. It's to the uh, organization's advantage from a profitability standpoint to want to hang on to these assets, and we totally understand that. We get it. We we, 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 we we get we
1: get it. But but you know what's also unique about this particular 401k is it offers a self directed brokerage option, which Uh, You typically only see the self-directed brokerage options in large employer corporate 401ks, 401ks that have billions upon billions of dollars. And what a self-directed brokerage account is is it allows planned participants to go and work with an outside asset management firm. Here at Davidson Capital, we work with a very large employer here in town, and we are a self-directed brokerage option. Uh, even though we're not brokers, we're registered investment advisors, but the employees are able to go and continue to invest in their 401K, and then the assets flow through the custodian of those assets to Davidson Capital Management for us to actively manage those assets as they're working and building their retirement nest egg. And that was the same situation with this new client. But what he was telling me when he went into these seminars in the past is that he got the impression from the the organization, from the group that was coming in there to give the presentation, is that if you're getting ready to retire, this is your only option. Your only option is to retire and roll these assets out with us to maintain here at this brokerage firm, and we're going to quote unquote manage these assets for you. and And he said that him and his colleagues just they're constantly talking about the retirement and the retirement nesting. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? And a lot of his colleagues got that same feeling that this, this is the not, only
0: direction. This is this is not new from this organization. We have heard this from from other folks in the past that the the, the sales pitch. Is is very well honed. It's one sided. <laughs> it's a one sided pitch. And and we're here to tell you, and we're coming up on the break here in a, in a short period of time, that when someone tries to frame to you as the employ as the holder of that four hundred one k, the owner of that four hundred one k, that they are the only choice. You better bet. You bet that they are not the only choice. And you need to to do everything that you can to investigate what the other choices are out there for you because anyone that tries to tell you that they're, they're they're the only choice they're not telling you the truth and the truth is they want to maintain your assets we understand that but what we don't like is when they frame it in such a way that it it is that they they will not disclose to you that you do actually have other choices that don't include them
1: Well, and I think something else that was so frustrating for for our new client, Jeff, is how many hoops they had to jump through to go through the process in order to get these assets moved over under our management and how frustrated our clients were of all the hoops they had to jump through. And again, we have experience of of having business come in from this organization and we know the amount of hoops, but it was getting to the point where where he was so frustrated. He's like, wow, I don't know why anyone would ever move because they make it so onerous. And, again, that is the trick. That's, that's exactly what they want. That's exactly what they want. They want to make it to have so many hoops and so many hurdles to jump over that you just say, you know what, I'm going to leave it where it is. Well, we're coming up on break. I want to continue on this topic, continue on this education, and we'll do that right after this. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Your Money Wise guys will be back after these words. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation, you can reach us in our local Corpus Christi office at 906-0070 or toll free at one 800 2162 and if you'd like to send us an email you can send all emails to moneywise@davidsoncap.com. So continuing on investor education and talking about again this new client that just came into us this past week from a major organization, major 401k and the brokerage firm that he had at one point in time and he, and it, what what was so amazing is that he didn't even realize that he had selected this self-directed brokerage option from seminars in the past with this organization now what this brokerage firm has that's overseeing the 401k is that they have pockets of brokers in all the major cities that this company has a major employee presence that come out and do periodic retirement quote, you know retirement seminars And so he'd been to a retirement seminar in the past and somehow had signed something or had agreed to something to start this self-directed brokerage option with this organization, not knowing really anything about them other than the presentation pitch that they gave in front of the group of the employees, but also feeling like that this was the only direction he could go with his retirement assets as he went through the seminar. And as you mentioned, uh, Jeff, in the last segment, is that, If you're working towards your retirement, you're a year out, six months out, eight months out, you have the total options of who you want to oversee your money, whether it's you yourself by rolling it out into a self-directed IRA that you're managing yourself, maybe through a discount broker, or if you want to go work with a different brokerage firm or a firm that is not involved in the 401k, going and hiring a registered investment advisor like a Davidson Capital Management to take discretionary control of those assets and manage it for you. We're just really here to, to, to provide that education to let you know that you have the ultimate control and the ultimate choices. Do not get sucked in in these retirement seminars and thinking that this is the only option you have because that is what they're going to make you feel like because as Jeff said earlier, they want to retain those assets. They don't want the assets leaving the major brokerage firm that's overseeing the 401k and of course the local representative that's coming out to do the presentation wants to continue to build their book of business. So as I learned about the group that came out to give this presentation, I did a little bit of research. And as we've educated here on the Money Wise program that all you simply have to do is go to Google. You do what's called a broker check, and it's going to take you to the FINRA website because everyone in the financial service industry has a permanent record. And that permanent record is going to show you if someone has any past misdemeanors or felony charges, if they filed bankruptcy, if they've had customer disputes and complaints. And so I wanted to take a look at at this group that came out to give this presentation just to see what their record looked like. And lo and behold, what did I find? I found three customer complaints where there was accusations of fraud, account churning, misrepresentations, improper asset allocations, and the organization that employed this group of of brokers had paid restitution to the tune of $575,000 over the course of their career. Not exactly a group of people that I would want to entrust my retirement assets and my retirement nest egg with, particularly when there is accusations of, of churning and of... Potential fraud and misappropriations.
0: What is really disappointing in this particular case is that this the, this employer, this this huge employer, has not does not appear to have taken the time to have vetted out the people that are coming out on their premises. If I correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, Kyle. But these presentations are being done on the pres- on the premises of the employer itself, not at the brokerage house's premises. So these folks are coming on site, on property, giving these presentations to their employees, this captive audience. That's correct. And they're not vetting out these people to see what kind of records, what kind of credentials that they have. Because this is a particularly poor... Finra report that we've seen, especially from someone that is actually still employed at this organization.
2: Mm-hmm. That, mean, that's what I, I was mean, surprised. A
0: half million dollars is a lot of, and that's a lot of money to be paid at paying out in fines and restitution. Uh, pardon me. In restitution, I, I, was it restitution? It was or resti- no, okay. it was restitution. Pardon me, it wasn't fines. It was restitution. So there, uh, there was clearly. Uh, i wouldn't think that a that that an organization a brokerage firm would willingly pay out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to a customer if there wasn 't merit to their claim to begin with and and then,
1: when I started digging a little bit deeper and just getting a background of our new client and really their conservative nature, the fact that they you know are are very nervous about the market and wanting to have their assets protected. I do a portfolio review and analysis as I do for any prospective client. And what do I find? I find that almost 96% of their total investable net worth of this couple, because the wife is a client also, who also had assets with this group as well, they were sitting 96% in equities. And then I dig a little bit deeper, and what do I find? They are trading this account day in and day out, day in and day out, constantly and d- I dig a little bit further, and I find out that this group is charging over 3% So to
0: do what they're doing. So understand that, that if I'm give, going out to give this seminar, these assets are already at my brokerage house. Mm-hmm. The brokerage house is already receiving fees and expenses from the 401K participants uh, for, for their participation in this plan. But I could go out to this captive audience and sell them on the opportunity to take a portion of their assets into a self-directed account where I can then turn around and raise their fees up tremendously. I mean, do you really think they're paying 3% in their 401Ks right now? Absolutely what? not. Uh, no way. There's no, no way. way. They're paying that kind of money in their 401Ks. So I can take this captive audience, take them out of their, their original 401K options, put them into a self-directed brokerage account that's being managed at this brokerage firm. And I use management quote unquote, quotations. Really, it appears that, that they're doing way too much trading, inappropriate asset allocation, Performance is horrible. And the performance was horrible, which is one thing. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> want to say that. that the, we, we saw long, longer-term performance numbers that were really poor. And we can hit them with over 3% in fees. I
1: mean, that's like rubbing salt. I mean, it's, it's rubbing more salt on a wound and then pouring vinegar and then alcohol on that wound when you put all of these together. And, you know, again, we're talking about this to provide that education. You know, if you're participating in a 401K and you're past the age of fifty nine and a half and you still want to continue to work for many years in the future you have the option and you have the ability to take what's called an in service distribution and we've worked with a lot of clients over the past twenty five plus years of business that we've been in that have taken and done these in service distributions. that allows you to roll the balance of your 401k because if you've been working in an organization 30, 35 years and you're sitting on a half a million, $600,000, $700,000 that you've saved up in your nest egg and you're the one that's overseeing it and it's making you nervous, you have the ability to take that in service distribution past the age of 59 and a half. Roll those assets out. It's not a taxable event. Put them into a self-directed IRA where you can go and work with a traditional broker, someone on the sales side if you want to or a registered investment advisor like a Davidson Capital Management who can take that discretionary control and manage those assets for you on your behalf while you're still continuing to work and still continuing to contribute and participate in the 401k because your participation doesn't stop. It just takes your balance from what it was, let's say 500000 down to zero, and you're starting new. And we've had clients, Jeff, in the past, and I know you know this, that would – Contribute to the 401k for a year, get the matching contributions, get the profit sharing dollars, then make one phone call to us, say, "I'm hey, I'm rolling my balance for the year into what you're already managing for me. And they did that like clockwork year over year over year. So just know that if you're participating in a 401k, you're past 59 and a half, you can go and do what's called a in-service distribution. It's built into a prototype 401k plans. It's part of the IRS law for the 401k. So you have that ability. But keep in mind, when you go to these retirement plan seminars and they bring representatives of the company that's overseeing the 401k, they are not going to talk
0: about this. They have a vested interest in maintaining your assets at their organization. And they're, they're not going... To, like you said, they're, they're not going to come out and volunteer this to you. And if you choose not to go with them, understand that, that some of them may make it very difficult for you to pull the money out. But you know what? It's your money, and you should decide exactly where it wants to go. And, and if you don't like the way they're treating you on the way out the door, tell your employer to get right. rid of these folks and find someone else that is not going to play this game with their their employees. Because... This particular group right now that's at this major employer, if the company knew the truth about what these folks, their backgrounds on, what they've been doing, I don't think they would be out there giving these seminars today.
1: So if you'd like to learn more about in-service distributions or if there's anything that we could do here at Davidson Capital Management to help educate you and, and, and again, discuss your options pending retirement, you can definitely give us a call in our office at 906 906- Zero, zero, 0070, zero. again, nine zero six zero zero seven zero, And with that, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to this weekend's Money Wise program. For my brother Jeff, this is Kyle Davidson, saying have a fantastic weekend into your financial health. We will talk to you next week.